0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Well, you may be seated this morning, and um, I have a rule in my church, the one I pastor, that if you don't talk with me, we lock the doors and we just keep going until you start talking. Because preaching is not a one-sided affair. You know, I remember going to a charismatic church for the first time, and uh, Hearing people go, amen. And I thought these guys are very spiritual. Until I found out what amen really means, so be it. I agree with you. And the Bible says what two or three agree upon in my name, in Jesus' name, it shall be done. So we've got to get into agreement with God's word. We've got to get into agreement with what God says. And the truth is many of us go, we agree in church, but we don't agree outside of church. Faith is not believing that God can. Faith is believing that God will. And I really want to encourage you, it's a year of divine restoration and recovery. When David faced the battle at Ziklag, God said to him, when he inquired from God, he said, pursue and you will recover all. We've got to get to the place where we get into agreement with God. And not only in a moment in church, but every single second of our lives. Now I want to talk to you this morning about how Goliath has to come down a well-known scripture, I'll read it in a few moments. But God is not limited by our environment. God's not limited by an economy. He's not limited by our upbringing. He's not limited by the circumstances you are going through. God is for you. God is in control. And God is still gonna turn things around for the Christians. The world might be getting darker and darker, more confused. But the church is gonna shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And the church is gonna walk around in a supernatural favor that God's gonna provide. I mean, Amos chapter 9, verse 13, in the message translation, it says, yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God decrees, things are gonna happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, Blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. I mean, think about it. Joseph woke up one day in prison, but went to sleep that same very night in a palace. And we serve a God of suddenlies. I really feel a breakthrough coming in the spirit realm. I really feel divine restoration is our portion. I really believe that God is going to interrupt the clock and the calendar for our breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And that's why we need to get back to church. Those that are watching online, I want to encourage you to get back to church. There is no substitute for the gathering of the saints. We can't always feel it, but there's something happens when we come into an environment like this where faith is stirred, where there's a faith atmosphere. So I really want to encourage you this morning. You've got your Bibles with you. I want you to turn to where. 1 Samuel 17, and I'm going to read from the easy translation. don't know if you've heard of that, but it's for people like me, easy to read. Just give you a chance, 1 Samuel 17, we're going to read from verse 40 in a moment. But I'm going to just lay a foundation that the giant in front of you is never bigger than the God on the inside of you. These last 20 months, two years have been very challenging for all of us. There's not one of us that has not been affected by what has transpired across the world. We are all in the same storm, but we just happen to be in different boats. But the good news is we have the same anchor and His name is Jesus Christ. We have got a future. We can overcome and we will win in the name of Jesus. So it's giant killing season. Don't believe the bad reports. Don't be moved by what you see. What you're experiencing, what you're feeling. Let's be moved by the Word of God. Let's get to the place where we say, God, your Word says. And we just had Christmas and and we get together as families. And it's guaranteed that when you get together as families, that we're going to find somebody in our circle that begins to talk negatively about what's going on. And everybody wants to pretend that they know better. And the actual truth is the only thing we know that is sure and strong and secure is the Word of God. Be that one in your family that says, I don't accept what you say about our country. I don't accept what you say about this world. I don't accept what you say about my personal circumstances. I'm going to believe what God says. I am the head, not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I am blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I am the lender, not the borrower. I'm telling you, goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm not going to submit and surrender to circumstances. 1 Samuel, I'm jumping ahead, but I'm going to read it first. 17 verse 40, the easy translation. It says, Instead David picked up his shepherd's stick. He went and he took five round stones from the stream. He put them in the, in the pocket of his shepherd's bag and he had his sling in his hand. Then he went to fight against Goliath the Philistine. I don't know what your Goliath's name is, but you're facing a Goliath. We all are. Goliath walked, down, walked towards David The man who was carrying Goliath's shield walked in front of him. As he walked, Goliath looked carefully at David. He saw that David was a healthy young man with a handsome face that made Goliath laugh at David. Don't be deceived by looks. He said to David, do you think that I'm just a dog? Is that why you have only brought a stick to fight against me? Then he prayed to his gods, small g, that they would curse David. Goliath said to David, come nearer to me. I will feed the birds and the wild animals with your dead body. And David said to Goliath, didn't negotiate with Goliath, didn't talk about Goliath. He said to him, you have come to fight against me with a sword, a spear, a knife, but I come to fight against you with the authority of the Lord Almighty. He is the God who leads Israel's army and you have insulted him. In the New King James Version, verse 45 it says, But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. There is victory in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is still powerful. The name of Jesus changes things. It's amazing when you go through a battle and you begin just to proclaim the name of Jesus because it is all encompassing. If you were in a, in, in, a, in a lift and that lift's cable broken, it's already coming down, it's, it's funny how the people in the lift don't shout, Oh, Muhammad. Oh, Buddha. And somehow they all go, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible says whoever calls on his name shall be saved. If that thing crashes, maybe you're going to find him in heaven. I don't know. But how come when you're in a place, people get offended when you say the name of Jesus because there's power in that name. It forces us to rethink things. It always challenges us. David says, I don't come to you with my flesh. I don't come to you with my own strength. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come to you in the name of Jesus. Today, the Lord will make me strong to win against you. I will hit you, CRC language, no, Christian language. I will hit you so that you fall to the ground. Then I will cut off your head. Oh, you mustn't let your kids watch those naughty, aggressive television programs. What will become of them? Don't read your Bible either then. (laughs) I'm joking. Okay. Smile. It's quite descriptive. Then I will cut off your head. Today I will feed the birds and the wild animals with with the dead bodies of the Philistine soldiers. Then everyone on the earth will know that there is a God Who takes care of Israel, the Lord does not need swords or spears to save His people. Everyone here will soon know that. The Lord is the one who fights for us. He will make us strong to win against you. And Father, I pray today that in the name of Jesus, You will move past reason, intellect, man's understanding. That You would bring out a revelation of Your Word into our hearts. Like Isaiah 14, 27 says, all the forces of darkness can't stop what you have ordained. Jeremiah 1, 17, the Bible says, we must get ready to stand up and do whatever you tell us, Father, not be afraid of the opposition we're facing. They will fight against us, but they will not win because you are with us that you will save us in Jesus' name. The Goliaths in our lives have to come down. And it's time for the church stop, to stop accepting their lot in life. We've got to get back to the Word of God, the promises of God. God is not a man that He should lie. God is not a respecter of, 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 of persons. He's given His Word to us and He says, If you will hold on to My Word, if you will action My Word, if you will walk in My Word, I'm going to give you victory. And one of the greatest challenges we face is we see somebody else's victory, so we try and copy that victory. But you're an individual who has an individual walk with God. And you've got to develop your own journey with God. We know the story well. The story of David and Goliath is one of the greatest and most well-known Bible stories. Whether a person is a believer or not, whether you're a first-time visitor to one of the campuses watching online, I'm sure you've heard of David and Goliath. It's a story of victory. It's a story of overcoming the odds. It's like a a Rocky movie, but better. It's like a Rocky movie, but on steroids. Remember, success is not what we have. Success is obedience to God. Success is a journey, not a destination. And with success comes many challenges, persecution, jealousy, misunderstanding, and with it comes responsibility. So David is facing Goliath. In actual fact, the nation of Israel is facing the Philistines and the leader of their army is a man called Goliath and he is mocking the Israelites, which actually represent God, they God's army. And here comes David to bring some supplies as an obedient son to his father, for his brothers and he hears the same Goliath that is threatening Saul and Israel's army. He sees the same Goliath that is threatening Saul and Israel's army. We're all facing Goliaths, but Goliath has to fall. I don't know what your Goliath is. Maybe your Goliath is the same as your neighbor, but you've got to, be uh, active in defeating Goliath. Maybe it's a fear of the future. Maybe it's been the loss of income in the last 24 months. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a loss of a loved one. But God gave David victory because the Lord was with him. And I believe that God will give us victory. And I believe that God will give us the success that comes from time spent in His presence. Maybe you were abused as a child and you are struggling to let go of that. Maybe you've gone through gender-based violence. Maybe you've gone through a terrible divorce. Whatever the name of that Goliath, it has to fall in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter how long the fight has been going on. And maybe today you are finding yourself in a place where you are tired and you're weary. And maybe you've lost a round or two. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you have not lost the fight in the name of Jesus. I want to speak to somebody this morning. You've not lost the fight in the name of Jesus. Come on, we're talking about divine restoration. We're talking about recovery. We're talking about revival. It doesn't just happen. Revival starts with you. Recovery starts with you. The Bible says when you've done all to stand, stand. You've got to do the standing. Oh, I, I just don't feel like it anymore. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the weak say I am strong. Oh, but you must just understand. Uh, no, no, no. I know it's not easy. I'll talk a bit about it tonight. But, but last year in July, our building was ransacked in the, in the Durban riots. They burnt the building on the left of us right down to the ground. They burnt the building on the right of us right down to the ground. They tried to burn our building down four times. They ransacked it to the tune of 6 million rands damage. All our equipment, our television equipment, our sound equipment, blah, 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 blah. But I made a decision because my pastor taught me when the enemy pushes back, you have to push back harder. We refused to to roll over. We refused to quit. We were tired. We were weary. Yes, and the enemy came knocking on our door with fear. But we made a decision to stand. I want to tell you that Christianity is not theology. Christianity is not theory. Christianity is real. Jesus is real and divine restoration and recovery is your portion in the name of Jesus but you have to stand. It's time to stand. You see we look at people and we, 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 we try and work people out. And we try and say well it was easy for them. I'm going to read a a scripture again. Jeremiah 1 verse 17. You must get ready. Stand up. I'll start again. You must get ready. Come on, I'm expecting somebody to say, yes, I'm ready. I'm going to stand up. You must get ready. Stand up. You must get ready. Stand up. You must get ready. I'll read the next part when you get what I'm saying. Stand up. You must get ready. And stand up. You must get ready. And stand up. You must get ready. And stand up. Get the negative talk out of your mouth. Get the negative repetition out of your mouth. Don't go back to work tomorrow and say, listen, I've got problems. Keep standing. I'm not finished. Come on in the other campuses, stand. I don't want to work in that that business. Why? Everybody's unsaved. That's why you're there, my brother. My, my, my boss is like an uncircumcised Philistine, exactly. Pray for me to get another job. No, pray that you do your job better. Stand up. Be the Joseph in that business. Cause that business to get blessed because you're there. Stand up. Be the revival in that business. Start a home sale in that business. Jeremiah 1 says, you must get ready, stand up. And say whatever I tell you, do not be afraid of them. He warns us they're going to fight against us. But they will not win because I am with you. I will save you. Come on, if you believe God is going to save you, give Him the biggest praise clap that you can for 30 seconds here at the bay, all over online, there in the other. Oh, praise Him. Oh, come on. Just praise Him a little differently this year. Praise Him a little differently this year. Shout a little bit this year. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord this year. I mean, David, you may be seated, is facing the battle of his life. <laughs> I mean, to understand David's victory, you've got to understand the context. Goliath's intimidating and mocking God's people. David is the anointed future king of Israel at 15, the first chosen king by God. Saul had been man 's choice, but Samuel was instructed to anoint David as God 's choice. David doesn't go back to, to saying, "I'm the future king." He goes back to serving his father as a shepherd boy. From being anointed to walking in the office of the king for which he was anointed for, there was a journey, and his ascension to the throne was not glorious. It was full of contradictions. It was full of pressure and it was full of problems. They wanted to kill him, they wanted to cut his head off. But David learned to navigate the process to fulfilling his destiny. We shouldn't be surprised by the battles we face. Because when you are anointed, you will be attacked. In actual fact, you are attacked because you are anointed. Because the enemy wants you to quit at the infancy stages of the dream and the vision that God has given you. But I see that giant coming down. I recently read a medical article that talks about the most effective years of a person's life, I'm going to shock you now, are between the ages of 60 and 70. Second most effective age, 50 to 60, third, 70 to 80. 80. And we've been so conditioned that by the time you're 60, 65, you must retire and put your feet up in the strand. No, we've got a job to do. We've got to bring down some Goliaths in our own lives so we can bring down some Goliaths for the sake of the kingdom of God. Goliath is intimidating and mocking God's people. And David knew that the giant had to come down and that someone had to rise up. And he made a decision that he would the least likely to be able to defeat someone of this stature. The Israelites were losing ground. And if no one stood up to, the e- to this evil, there was a problem. And he said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause for you to become that man that God called you to be? Is there not a cause for you to become that woman that, that God called you to be? Is there not a cause for you to stand up? Just because others tolerate something, it doesn't mean we have to. David killed the giant that others had tolerated. And I'm going to say it again. Your personal victories are steps towards the church's corporate victory. I mean, Saul's armor wasn't going to do it. They tried to put Saul's armor on. And when I read that the other day again, I thought to myself, that's just like religion. I worship this way and you have to worship that way. No. I think if you saw me in my hotel room this morning, how I prepare for a Sunday morning message... You would think, that's not an anointed man of God. I didn't do anything wrong. But I mean, sometimes we get this, it's like predictive text. I get told this morning, the reason that these cloths have guest preacher on, because last time I preached here, it had GS on. I said, oh, that's so nice. You made a special sweat towel for me, Glenn Schroeder. And they said, no, now we've got to write out their guest preacher predictive text. We all expect people to worship God the same way. Now there's certain fundamentals. We've got to base our worship on the Word. There's certain fundamentals. We've got to come to church. There's a a critical place of corporate worship, and that's what COVID has done. It's taken us out of, of this corporate environment. But your personal relationship with God, listen to that carefully, is your personal relationship with God. So I want to say this to you this morning. The source of David's victory didn't start with Saul's armor. God gave David an unconventional strategy and it started, listen carefully, it started in his personal relationship with God. David wasn't looking for promotion. David wasn't looking to be recognized. David was looking... After his father's sheep, he was being faithful. He was defending his father's sheep from the attacks of the lions and the bears, being faithful in the natural things. And while he was being faithful, I haven't got time to go into it this morning, but while he was being faithful, he was developing his relationship with God where nobody saw him. That's why I love Psalm 23 so much. Because he talks about his relationship with God. Psalm 23 is not a funeral psalm. I use it at funerals, but I don't preach it like it's a funeral, because it talks of a relationship. He doesn't start the psalm by writing there, the guy upstairs, upstairs the big guy upstairs, upstairs, the guy in the sky, the man upstairs, the boss on the cross. You hear it all the time. Sports and play play sport, and they score a try, or whatever, and they and they get interviewed. The big guy in the sky, he was watching me. Now David says the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got a relationship. I know who He is and I'm walking with Him. Even though I go through the valleys of the shadow of death, they are shadow. They are passing. I'm walking through them. I'm not camping in them. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to be faithful in the little tasks I've got. I'm going to be faithful as an usher at the door. I'm going to be faithful as a home cell leader. I'm going to be faithful in the media department. I'm going to be faithful in the music department. I'm going to be faithful in my job. I'm going to be faithful in my relationship with my spouse. It's not religion. It's relationship. David was committed to church, committed to home cell, committed to the Word, committed to worship, committed to witnessing. Being faithful when nobody sees it. Just being faithful in his relationship to God. 1 Samuel 17, verse 17, it says, One day Jesse said to his son, David, here is a large bag of wheat grains and I have cooked. And here are 10 loaves of bread. Take these. Action. Quickly. To your older brothers in the Saul's army. Also take these 10 Jesus to the officer who leads their group of soldiers. Find out whether your brothers are well. Bring some back, something back to me to show how they are. They are in the valley of Elah with Saul and the Israelite army. So they are fighting against the Philistine. So David got up early. I like that scripture. I live in Durban. The sun rises two hours earlier than anywhere else in South Africa. So Glenn got up early. <coughs> the next morning, he left his father's sheep with another shepherd who took them, care of them. He did what his father, uh, his father Jesse had told him to do. He took the food to give to his brothers. And when David arrived at the tents of the Israelites' army, the soldiers were going out to fight, and they were singing their war songs while they went. Okay, Your opportunity. uh, Your battle is the opportunity. Being obedient in the season of famine is the opportunity. And sometimes we miss that opportunity because it isn't packaged the way we want it or expect it. David was just being faithful, not opportunist. Come on, we have to learn to be faithful out of relationship with God. Learn to do the right thing out of relationship with God. The battle we face positions us for purpose. David's battle with Goliath positioned him to get noticed. Goliath was the tool in God's hand. God used Goliath to take David from obscurity to notoriety. I chatted with somebody yesterday, and they told me an encounter they had with God when they were 21. I said, I've known you for almost 30 years. How come it's the first time I'm hearing your story? We've all had encounters with God. And the Bible says we are saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Not the word of somebody else's testimony, the word of our testimony. I was lost, but now I'm found. I'm blind, but now I see. You see, I believe that part of this journey with God has a lot to do with your personal relationship with Jesus and your testimony to others. Something the church has become silent on. Winning the lost at any cost has become a phrase. I read a recent study last week or two weeks ago that says 82% of people would come to church if they were invited. But only 3% of Christians are inviting people to church. Your victory starts in your personal relationship with God, but your victory is very closely connected to the purpose of God, which is soul's. Romans 8 verse 28, and I've got to close. Bible says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. And most Christians stop there. How you doing, my brother? Okay, I know everything will work together for good. Amen, I agree. Can we finish the verse? We know that all things will work together for good to those who love God. Okay, that's the next step. Amen, amen, I love God. He knows, God knows my heart, okay? To those who are the called according to what? Not my purpose, his purpose. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. I want to challenge you, the Bay CFC. When last did you invite somebody to church? When last did you go out of your comfort zone and say, listen, I want to take you to a place where you will meet a man that I've met. His name is Jesus Christ. I want to take you to a place where you will find peace and joy and hope. I want to take you to a place where you found power in the Holy Ghost that will change your life forever. I want to take you somewhere where, where, where... where God can touch you. Develop your personal relationship with God, but develop your testimony. I'll maybe talk a bit about my testimony tonight. And everybody goes, wow, look what God has done. But my wife, who was nerdish, has also got an incredible testimony. Mine is an extreme adventurous testimony. Hers is just like, Sweet. I was the first guy to kiss her. She was a virgin. And then at one stage she said, But my testimony is not powerful. It's just as powerful, if not more powerful. We've all got a powerful testimony. And I believe that a key to our victory is in our testimony. You see, as you move closer to stepping into your God-given destiny, there is always what appears to be a giant. But giants, opposition, pressure, crisis are just tools in God's hand to bring your promotion, to give you greater influence, and to give you a testimony of God's goodness, His grace, His love, and His mercy. Many battles prepared me to learn and, and help me to learn to trust God. Every battle prepares you, and on the other side of every battle is your destiny—the purpose for which God saved you. So you are positioned by God through battles to fulfill your purpose. When you talk about divine restoration, Pastor, I'd say at the beginning of this, 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 and I'm closing with this. I don't know how I'm going to close, but I'm going to close. Beginning of this whole uh, pandemic. Pastor, said a couple of things. He studied Psalm 23. He taught us Psalm 91. That Psalm 91 is not just a, a, a nice psalm. A thousand may fall on your one side, 10,000 on your other side. Well, one building next to us, totally destroyed. Another building next to us, half partially destroyed. And they tried, but our somehow didn't get destroyed. And then he used Genesis 50. The story of Joseph. What the enemy intends for your harm, God will turn around for your good. What the enemy, inter- I've been declaring that for 11 years of my life. What the enemy intends for my harm, God's going to turn around for my good, for His glory. I just put that in. To save many people alive. Listen carefully. There's a psalm that talks about that God sent Joseph beforehand. Because your victory is not just about you. It's always connected to purpose. Whether it be Joseph, what the enemy intended for your harm, God's going to, Turn around for your good to save many people alive. Purpose. When God came to Joshua, He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now arise and stand. And then He says to him three times, be strong and courageous. And verse nine, it says, then you'll have great success. And that's where Christians are focused on the great success. But verse six says, be strong and courageous. For unto the people you shall divide this land. First thing is about purpose. Romans 8 verse 28. All things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. The base CFC is... If you're going to see and you are going to see, not if, where as you see divine restoration, it's going to come because of personal relationship with God and it's going to come because you are living out your purpose. Come on, this city, this town, this region needs soul winners like they've never seen before. And I want to challenge you today in the name of Jesus to reach your world like never before. Come on, let's stand to our feet. So much more I could say, but divine restoration and recovery is your portion in the name of Jesus. The giant that you and I face at different times is never bigger than God that lives on the inside of us. And the giant in front of us is never more important than the purpose of God created for us to do. And so this morning, Father, I pray for this ministry. I pray for Apostle Ellen and Pastor Janine and their family as they lead this ministry, Father. May this year be the year as they've declared over this church and ministry, a year of divine restoration and recovery. May it be a year where they will see the manifestation of God's kingdom evident, that they will see revival break out in areas and in ways they never expected. I pray for your hand upon this church, upon every member, upon every person in other campuses today. And Father, I say Your words that we are blessed and highly favored. That divine restoration and recovery is our portion in the name of Jesus. But it starts as we surrender our lives to Jesus.